Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live. It is here, a game day version of Cleveland Browns Daily. Merely Bo, the great Z, Bills, Rams, tonight. A score at the end. I promise we'll get it right. My God, we've made it. We can't get it wrong. We've proven that on Thursday night. It's a lock. It's a lock, baby. And sometimes you got to do the opposite. But will we tell you that beforehand? Only those who are truly in the know. Only those in the know. I'm forcing you to make a prediction. Oh, we'll make a prediction. And if it is a do the opposite. You must say that today. Good luck with that. Good luck. Yeah, you don't know how it works. Good luck enforcing that, Gibbet. Yeah, Gibbet, you don't know how that works. I'm going to do what I want. Sometimes (laughs) you've got to reward those in your life who have been with you since day one. That's right. And that's how we do that. That's how we separate the riffraff, the Johnny-come-latelys. That's right. From the true believers. True believers, they know. Yeah. yeah. Those in the know know. Just like Certainly. Santa knows. I was thinking about this big picture from an NFL perspective. Um, has this league, you, you could say this at the start of almost every year, but has it ever been bigger, more popular than it is? You, you, there was a, a movement five, ten years ago, whether it was, you know, the Kaepernick stuff or whether it was concussions. Oh, it's, you know, we've, we've passed Apex NFL. Like, it's it's going to start to come off, and it will start to lose popularity. It, it hasn't, not at all. In fact, it's emboldened um, even more from, from what it was in the last five to ten years. It is the one thing in entertainment that you cannot miss. You have to watch it live. Uh, the, the money that's going out uh, and coming in, rather, to the league from television partners, from streaming partners, they're going to do the direct TV. This is the last year of Sunday Ticket. That will be announced at some point this fall. The new deal, the companies vying for it are Apple, Amazon, Google. Have you heard of them? ESPN Plus. Like, the, the this this sport is a bonanza. And the idea that we don't even have at yet legal gambling in the state of Ohio, that's only going to give it more juice. Are there issues in the sport? For sure. Absolutely. Is the fan experience at stadiums, is that something that's constantly has to be improved upon to meet the at-home? Yeah. But guess what? People are watching this sport and consuming it with incredible passion more than anything else in this country. I, I would suppose La Liga or Premier League or something like that in Europe is probably similar, but there's nothing in this country close. And to further buttress the point, the second most popular sport in this country is its feeder system, and it's not particularly close. No, it is. it's a behemoth, baby, and it's pure joy. It's back. It is, yeah. We're going to get great football. Like, we're going to get to watch it. We're going to track our fantasy teams. Yeah. We're going to get to pay attention to the scores for those who are able to outside of the purview of the National Football that's League. Right. So you, not me, you. Yep. You. Yeah, that's right. What a treat. It is. So it's like, here's the thing. Football season ends. And yeah, we got some fun things. Combine, free agency, draft. Yeah, that's fun. But like, let's be honest about it. February, March, April, May. Eh, eh. Who needs them? Especially in this part of the country. Other oh, parts of the country, awful. sure, you can have them because then you'd say, well, you're second February. Spring, the, the now I can out. go be playing golf. I'm here in, no. in Scottsdale. We're going to OF. We're playing golf no. in the morning, OF in the evening. We're having the time of our lives. What a day that would be. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? 
I, I, what do you mean? I, if, you, if you will it, it is no dream. Yeah, it's going to be Tucson, not Scottsdale, though. Right. right. Yeah. Yes, Tucson, yeah. much more affordable, smart. Yeah. Catalina Foothills. We'll see you there. Um, but then you get so starting June, summer. Mm-hmm. Summer leads into football season. Leads into Christmas. What a streak we're on here these final six months. It's going to seven, actually, if you count June. It's going to be a real treat for us. And guess what? We're all only we're like the, the quarter pole right there. We're just getting going. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long season. It's a, you know, wow, well, you need 17 weeks. No, you probably don't. I like 16 better, but we'll consume all of it. It's just hard to put the season into quarters. It's yeah, I don't like games. that. Yeah, hope. Well, you get to 18, and then you'll be able to. It won't be, we'll have, we'll be, third, we'll be this third this season we'll at third that point. Six yeah, thirds. Six, yeah. Um, six 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 as you as you think about all of the reasons for that is you, you saw did you see some of the ratings for the college stuff last weekend and this this kind of hammers at home Ohio i like State to use the word ginormous huge 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 uh, the buckeyes was like 10.9 million was the number on that for that game what was crazy though is so michigan colorado state here's one for the kid uh, Michigan Colorado State played at noon on Saturday, and that was, game was hot garbage. It was trash, and Colorado State is nothing. Correct. That game did four million viewers at noon on a Saturday of a holiday weekend. Jeez, that's crazy. That is that annihilates. You think about NBA on Christmas. You think about you know where those numbers stack up. The baseball game of the week on Fox. So there were 11, 11 or twelve college football games on Saturday that did more than a million viewers. And the golden Jeez. number you want is 4 million. That's where you really start to take off, and there were six of those. But there were like 10 or 11 that were over a million. The Sunday Saturday baseball game on Fox did less than a million viewers. It was Guardians and Mariners. Nothing. Zip. Talking Ta- apples football, and tacos, brother. Football is where it's at, man. And it's it's the reason that all of this stuff is happening. But it is, it's something – it's this, and it's television shows that you care about. They're the only things that you can't DVR. Like, you will watch it live. There's a betting component to it. You acknowledge yep. it. There's a fantasy component to it. Absolutely. Yep. But there's also a fact of it's the convergence, and it's now been years in the making, of the perfect television sport yep. and perfect televisions. Yep. And it's all <laughs> perfect. I like that. It's all come and it's connected now, and you, it's a dominant force now. I know that you did, but I hope you've taken that on your tour of the state, that line right there. Perfect television sport, perfect television. That just of came to me. Did. Really? No, it just came to me. Well, good news. You have Friday. Wasn't prepared. You have Friday tomorrow to, yeah, to drop it. I can that. drop it again. Yeah. I should take that and give it a little no, that test was good. drive. That was I good enjoyed one. it. Yeah. You yeah. Test drive, success. Success, yeah. Buy it. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. off the cuff. I'm good. But it is. It's, it's where it's it is where it is. Be. That you're not going to get better than tonight from an opener. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? This is great. Bills and Rams. Dude, I'm giddy. Yeah, it's going to be The fun. Gabe Davis explosion begins tonight. He better. I bet big on – I bet a lot of Gabe Davis stock. Oh, I got – I'm a lot flush. Of I'm flush a with, with GD stock. I got a lot of the Guru's guys. Uh, be good, so we'll, Guru. I hope the Guru's right. Listen, it's, I hope we're that rolling we, the dice with him. I hope that we bring him back on the show in January and, like, Just virtually, like, around. parade him around on, like, mm-hmm. a throne. I like it. Yeah. I think it'd be great. We continue to open Sunday down in Carolina against the Panthers. Um, yesterday's practice from an update standpoint, Clowney uh, was illness. We knew that, though. He was the only guy not to practice. Jack Conklin was limited. Michael Woods limited. Chase Winovich limited. Greedy Williams limited. Grant Delpit limited. Uh, guys who were a full go after being down were Hubbard, Isaiah Thomas, and Ronnie 
Harrison. So that's where we stand at this point. When is our when is our practice today? Is it now? I believe at one thirty. One thirty, it says. Oh, there it is. I see there that. I see that down there. He sees it. Let me see. No big deal. One thirty for practice. Um, so we'll have an update as the show goes along in terms of uh, who's out there for that one. You have to get almost back into the muscle memory of a game week yeah dude so what is the you know the practices you always pay attention for was friday was always the one if you're no go there then you're likely no go on sunday and you never like to see downgrades over the course right you don't want to see somebody go from a limited to a dnp that's not that's not that's it that's a bad trend a lot of our guys were available today some of our coaches available as well we'll have some of that for you what's kind of you're you're here all the time what is what is kind of your vibe on this team as we now get inching closer to Carolina on Sunday. To quote Kevin Stefanski, I didn't put a lot of stock and vibes, brother. But I'll tell you. <laughs> I, I wish think... he delivered it like that. <laughs> it would be great. nice if he did that. So yeah. If he did a little Hulkster in his interviews. Yeah. Uh, I thought crisp, crisp practice yesterday. Crisp, crispy. So I, I think that they feel good. You know, I got a chance to talk with Coach. He's pumped about the game planning aspect, getting to get back into that, you know, the scheming of it against a very good defense, a top five defense in the NFL from a year ago. And, you know, trying to contain a guy in Christian McCaffrey. I got to let me ask you this. All right. Is there another player in the league that is not a quarterback that is worth? So he played in seven games last year. Mm hmm. They went four and three with him. They went one and nine without him. Okay. But that's not even to me the craziest thing. He was worth over four points and nearly 45 yards of offense to their team. Is there another non quarterback that that would be true of? The only people I could think of, and I don't have the statistical analysis to break it, break it down because I wasn't, you know, we, we didn't do it. I wonder what the Titans would look like without, without Derrick Henry. Henry, and I wonder what the Colts would look like without Jonathan Taylor. Weren't the Titans still a playoff team last year? They were, but I wonder what the difference was with them with him and without him. He yeah. played, I think, eight games last year. Yeah. So what did the last nine look like without him um, from a point differential sure. and record? I mean, they played in a bad division, so that's part of it too. Um, but that's just a lot of points. I mean, It's that, a ton of points, yeah. I mean, those are the only two I could think of. You know, it's interesting. You were talking about that with um, – as you talk about that with McCaffrey, you know, it's a similar situation. Like, And I think a lot of people are undervalued. We're going to do some NFL picks, and here's a little lean for you. Like, I think a lot of people are undervaluing the Chiefs a little bit because of the Tyreek Hill situation. There's no doubt. I, I think Mahomes is going to be more than fine I think he's in this, be and I think he's going to light it up, quite frankly. He might even be better. And even when Hill was out, like – Mahomes threw four touchdowns in a quarter without Tyreek Hill in a game last year. So, like, no, I don't think so. I think it is so McCaffrey-dependent, and a lot of that, too, and it's probably similar to the other guys that we mentioned, although we don't have, I don't have the data to back it up with Henry and, and Jonathan Taylor. A lot of it is predicated on there's – it's just the quarterback play was brutal. So brutal. he's the whole operation. Here's a crazy like, thing. Like, there's no question. They're, Baker's the best quarterback that Christian McCaffrey's played with. Yes, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, but he was still had a little Cam Newton early, like good Cam, but very little, because this is his fifth, fourth year in the league. He started in seventeen, so it's his fifth year. He's missed most of the last two. two. His rookie year probably was with Cam. With Cam, but was, was that good. already 
Cam coming 2017. Cam was Cal still good in 17. 18, 18 is when is he cliff. hurt. He hurt his shoulder. Okay. We beat them. He threw a pick against us late to, I believe, uh, Gribble's all that. 40 team, Demarius Randall. Can't believe Gribble did that, looking back. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. He doesn't, he, I doesn't wonder, even write I anymore. I think that's part of the Scared reason. Him. I think it's part of the Scared reason. Scared him from writing anymore. Yeah, yeah I think you're that's right. That's part of the reason he doesn't write yeah, anymore. I think so. For sure. Uh, but that was when he fell off the cliff. So 17 was probably yeah. would have been his best quarterback play was Cam Newton in 17. Um, but, you know, he, he, this is a, a crazy number. He averages for his career, okay, for his career, 6.2 receptions a game. Yeah. Since take his rookie year out of that because he was somewhat limited that year, but if you go from 18 on, it's 6.5. That's fifth in the NFL behind like Devontae Adams, <laughs> right. Diggs, Kelsey, and DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, like the, that's it. The best receivers in the league. Yeah. Six and a half catches a game. Crazy. So it's going to be – there are definitely some challenges for the Browns in that regard, but I think it's certainly ones that they are, they're up for. Um, but, yeah, it's, this is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be – this is going to be a great time. I can't wait. It's a lot. It's a fun week one. You got this one tonight. Our game it speaks for itself. The Bengals are playing the Steelers this week. Um, the the Monday nighter is Russ going back to Seattle. Are there only is there only one Monday nighter? Yeah, I think so this year. I think there's only the one. I don't think he's listening to us because we gave he's some good stuff not. earlier that he was. Yeah, just, he's eating he's scratching his head. He's, he's listening to things. I don't know what he's doing. Um, yeah, but I I think that I there think he's is just social media scrolling. To be honest, I think he's listening to something. So there are two my or there are two Monday nighters next week. Not this week. Not this week. Next week it's going to be the Titans and Bills, and uh, the Vikings and Eagles. That sounds crazy. Boy, that's strange. We we've never done Who that. Who needs that? Huh? Nobody. No. Yeah, we had a bunch of great material that you were listening to earlier. Well, I'm rolling. Really I'm rolling on Joe was, Woods. I knew he was listening. I've got ABP. I've got Prefer. I'm trying to cut up. Yeah, you got lots work. Of You're doing real work. Yeah. Where's Stevie? Downstairs feeding the pressers. Uh, 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 uh. Um, all right. So I just picked my apologies. Like literally feeding the presser. <laughs> right. Have another steak. By the way, when we get to the scores tomorrow, some of the some of these are wackadoodle. It's a I haven't lot. even looked. I don't look. I like to go a and do lot. it. Let me. We've had fly by the seat of our pants success. That's what I'm going to continue. Well, yeah. That's my process. Let me just throw a little gasoline onto your fire for tomorrow. Sure. Oh. Guest host tomorrow from one to three. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Hoff, the Hoff in studio. Hoff in studio. The guest the. picker week one. The Hoff. what? The Hoff. The scores have just the scores with Hoff. Up. Unbelievable. Um, all right. So in in addition to all of that, which in, in terms of the the stuff you'll hear, we're going behind enemy lines with Ellis Williams. He used to, he was Cleveland.com. That's and, right. And now he's down in Carolina. Does a good job. Uh, covering the the Panthers on the Charlotte beat. Um, there is a WWE feel to this. There's no question about that. We'll ask him about that. You'll hear from Joe Woods. You'll hear from AVP. Uh, we will do our NFL season predictions. Some of our players of the year candidates, MVP, your division winners, who wins the Super Bowl, that type of stuff. We will get to all that, give you some fantasy stuff as well coming up in the 2 o'clock hour of the program. We're off and running Cleveland Browns Daily 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
The Bath Authority can give you the bathroom of your dreams. Why not transform your current bath into a custom bath for that spa-like experience? Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler. They are experts and factory-trained installers. Give them a call now. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399. Go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. Largest selection of bath projects all made in the United States. You can change that bathroom of yours from outdated to outstanding. Again, in about a day at the lowest prices around. Superior products with expert installers at thebathauthority.com. 216-220-8399. 500 bucks off. I was thinking about this as we open tonight with the Bills and the Rams. The Bills are certainly the darling. They've been anointed. They have. You been, want to crown them? Crown them. Crown them. I mean, They're crowned. They are, they are crowned. It's it's pretty wild. They were 11-6 and six a year ago. Um, I think everybody has in the back of their mind that game they played against Kansas City last year, which is as good as anything I've ever seen in, yep. in the NFL. And so, and they add Von Miller, and so you say, well, here you go, another year of Josh Allen, better and better. But if you go back and look at their season last year, if, if you look at where their wins came from, they did beat uh, they beat Kansas City in the regular season, I believe. Um, I just am wondering with them, are they too much of a darling? They feel to me like they are. They feel like the Raiders team a few years a years ago when the Raiders were just an absolute darling. They had gone to the playoffs, remember? Yeah. And Carr had gotten hurt, so they had to start some jabroni off the corner, and they did not win. And then all of a sudden, the next year, they were the ones. They were doing it all, and it didn't work out that way. However, I think that – I think that they're a darling for sure. I don't think they should be anointed. The I just don't think you can anoint anybody coming as coming out of the AFC. Now, if they do it, it'll be incredibly impressive. This is the best AFC, I think, of the history of football. I don't have a problem with that. But to me, I like the Chargers. I know that you do. Um, yeah, so here's last year. So they open, they lose to Pittsburgh in the opener. They beat Which Miami. was a stunning loss at it the was. time. Yeah. They lose to Miami football team, Houston, uh, they beat all those teams. They beat Kansas City. That's the one that was on Sunday Night Football. That was they won at Kansas City, and they kind of whipped them. That's when Mahomes was kind of in a fog. Remember that? He would hold yeah, the ball too long forever. and all of that. Yes, they took full advantage. Yep. They lose the next week to Tennessee. In a shootout on a third. It was a good one. Was it a, that was a Monday night game, I want to It was. Say. It was a Monday night game. And then Dolphins. They lose to Jacksonville, which is stupefying. Nine to six. Craziness. Um, whip the Jets, lose to the Colts. Hold on. Get blasted. Blasted. 41-19. Annihilated. Yeah, go through the rest of this stretch here. So they beat the Saints. They lose to the Patriots and Bucks. Beat Carolina. The Patriots a second time. Um, and then they get the Falcons and the Jets. I guess my point is, outside of the win against Kansas City, there's not a whole lot there where you go, well, that's excellent. Now they whipped the Patriots in, in the, the playoffs. In the playoffs, forty-seven, seventeen, smoked them, smoked. absolutely did. And then there's the classic game with Kansas City in the postseason. It just feels like there's too much on them. There was a, I saw a graphic today, like the ESPN writers, like eight, they were the pick eighteen times to win the Super Bowl. It just feels like groupthink to me. In a in a conference, you like you like the Chargers. I like the Chiefs. Let's not forget about the Bengals. Who Not forget about won yeah. eleven games and it got better. Russ and the Broncos. Right. It just feels to me like there's the consensus. On, you want to do consensus NFC? Like take this Bills team and put it in the NFC East. Fine. Consensus win the NFC. Not in the AFC. I agree with you. I think I, I don't. That's exactly what I'm saying. I don't think that you can 
have a consensus in the AFC because there are just too many good teams. And the AFC West in particular is so difficult to diagnose or understand because you've got four teams that all feel like they can win the Super Bowl. Oh, swag. Oh, my God. Look the at him. Look at that strut. Look at this. Oh, man. Well. Look at this. He's got a nice bit on the. Yeah. You love that? Some Ferragamos or something. Of, it ends with an, a vowel for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Here's what I would say. It, and this goes to our point on the AFC. Every AFC team, in my opinion, except for one, either has a franchise quarterback or has recently drafted a guy who they could, who they believe is the franchise quarterback. Save for two, I think. Save for two. Can I try to guess who the two are? Yep. I think there's two that aren't sure they got their guy. So you would throw, for example, you would throw Lawrence Pitt, Wilson. You would throw in. Pittsburgh into that category. Yeah, they, they just drafted, drafted Pickett in the first round, okay. so they believe it. So I don't, but they do. We're four for four in our division. Four for four in the AFC West, AFC South. Does taking a guy in the third round does Malik Willis count for Tennessee, or is that a they're up in the air a little? Well, bit? they have Tannehill, who's won a lot, so I'm sure. I'm not counting them. Sure. And they've drafted Willis, who looks good, so they feel like they have okay. their quarterback for now, and they got their All quarterback. Right. So the Houston. That's one. But they they really like Davis Mills. They do, but I don't know if that's smokescreen or not. I think they could be convinced otherwise if there were opportunities. Just remember, in the trade with us, they opted to have Davis Mills over Baker. They could I have had Baker. I don't necessarily think that that – there's a lot of reasons I don't think that that necessarily means what you're suggesting. Fair. I don't know. that. I think they, they're trying to potentially be bad and draft – high that would be interesting so that you know the problem you know with acquiring baker if you're houston is you're probably going to win six or seven games with right. him i don't love mills the way they do everybody keeps telling me they love mills i know our guy albright thinks they're like going to finish second in the south which is kind of crazy in my view let's now, just he, hope nothing this, that he said comes true let's hope so considering what he said about us okay yeah, so there's hurtful, one other team all right that so i think that would apply with in the afc east mm -hmm. and that would have to be miami miami that's it and, they, and two is in his second year yeah that's it Everybody else sure. either has a franchise quarterback or has recently drafted a guy that they believe will be a franchise quarterback. Yep. It's more loose in the NFC. There's probably five or six that are in that situation. But in the AFC, and the other thing about the AFC is everybody's in their prime. There's not an aging superstar quarterback. The aging superstar quarterback in the AFC is Russell Wilson. And then Matt Ryan. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. The end. Everybody else is in their prime rocket ship go. Yeah. It's loaded. It is. So the consensus on the Bills, I don't I just don't you get will it. Have, I like them a lot, but geez. When Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady retire. Yeah. I think with the exception of of Matt Stafford, and then maybe, you know, a Kyler, maybe a Trey Lance, maybe a Dak. Mm -hmm. With the exception but when those guys are gone, all of the best quarterbacks are gonna be in the AFC. Yeah. Watson, Herbert, Allen, Burrow, Lamar. Mahomes. Mahomes. That's six. Carr, Russ. We'll see if Carr. Carr, this is, to me, if he doesn't become elite this year, throwing the ball to Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller, he's not going to become elite. Now, I think that his numbers are probably I just wanted to pull it up a I'm lot curious. better than people think they are. I, my hunch is that they are. Um, that they are better. Let, let's see what he's at. So the completion percentage isn't great, although he had some good ones. So here's his his last four years. Yes, basically. 69% completion in 2018, 4,000. 
uh, yards, 19 and 10 touchdowns to interceptions, 70% the next year, 21 to 8, 4,000 yards, 67%, 4,127 to 9. Yeah, so he's, I'll tell you what he remind, what it looks like to me. He, it's kind of a Cousins thing. And Cousins has a better touchdown to interception. Yep. But it feels a lot like kind of the Cousins. He feels like the Cousins of the AFC. He's like a 69% guy, 4,000 yards a year, 20, yeah. you know, mid-20s touchdowns and low interceptions. Yeah. I mean, it lasts, so the last four years is 90 touchdowns. Do I have that right? 27, 23, 50, 21, 90, yeah. 90 touchdowns, 24, 32, 41 interceptions. Yeah. So it's two to one little more than two to one, more than two to one, not close. prolific in the touchdown no, category, not. which should change this year. I would think so. All right. We're going to get some perspective behind enemy lines. Ellis Williams will join us coming up next. Before we do that, though, Rumpke Waste Recycling is family owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer, as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more on that behind enemy lines with Ellis Williams of the Observer. Coming up next, you're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Elk and Elk Serious Lawyer, Serious Injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. All right, let's go behind enemy lines with our buddy Ellis Williams. Of course, used to be here at the Plain Dealer, now at the Charlotte Observer. He covers the Panthers and joins us on the hotline now. Ellis, thank you so much for the time. Good checking up with you again, my friend. Let's just start with the obvious. And Nathan and I were talking about this earlier in the week. There is a WWE feel to this because Baker is down there. You've been around him much of camp. What have you seen from Baker? And obviously you were here when he was here as well. What what have you seen different from him from the time he was here versus the time he's there? Or is it very similar? Would that make Baker the babyface in this steel cage match, Dep- let's call it? Depends I, think. On uh, I think it depends on the perspective, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'll the true heels always believe that they are right, that they are the babyfaces. I couldn't agree more. So uh, to answer your question, I think I'm seeing shades of Baker at times in Cleveland, meaning let's go back to the start of the 2021 season when he had a a, a year in that Kevin Stefanski system and he felt um, very comfortable and in command. And obviously COVID has a lot to do with this. It's kind of the unspoken thing. Like these past two off-seasons have been so distorted by the limitations of the – and for good reason, of the, the COVID-19 policy. But we saw Baker just hone into that Kevin Stefanski offense, at least in the preseason and training camp, right? And then we all know how week one and week two and then torn labrum and so on and so forth. But just from uh, how he's operating, it took him a couple weeks to get used to this Ben McAdoo system. And I'm sure he still has a long ways to go. We're going to figure that out soon. But I- I'm just seeing a loose and ready-to-go Baker Mayfield, who's keeping it light with his teammates. They are buying in to his leadership style. And all is well here in the Carolinas. But that's what most teams would say or feel like in week one, right? No doubt. And and right now, there, there have been no games played. There have been no clutch situations faced and, and either accomplished or failed from that respect. And that's going to define how the team goes beyond that. You mentioned the Ben McAdoo system. How would you describe it to us? What are the Panthers going to try to do on offense? That's the big mystery, right? But from what I've 
observed throughout training camp, you're going to see this offense try to get the ball out of Baker's hands quickly. They got guys who can run a lot of unders, as in shallow crosses, those deep overs across the middle of the field. He's going to zone in on the slot receiver. Jarvis Landry was his guy for most of the run there in Cleveland. There's a slot receiver here that, if I say his name, no one's probably going to know or care, but Baker's going to look for him on critical downs. Uh, then there's this running back named Christian McCaffrey that I have not seen play live yet. Um, <laughs> one, because of his injury history. Two, because of when I got to Charlotte last year. And three, because they kept him in bubble wrap all preseason. He did not play a single snap in the preseason, and for good reason. Uh, Christian's the ultimate X factor. He's unguardable. I, I, I really don't care what anyone says. There's not a defender in football that can go one-on-one with Christian McCaffrey, and he'll be the ultimate queen on the chessboard in this matchup. And then you look across the line, and Miles Garrett is the ultimate equalizer. Yeah, certainly is. I think the McCaffrey part of it, you know, we had a, Nathan an interesting stat we were talking about in the first segment here where it's like a four-point point differential with when he plays and when he doesn't. Um, and so he is that. Uh, you, you say he hasn't played the preseason, which we know, but you have seen him in camp. Does he look like himself or what himself used to look like to you? Yeah, 100%. He looks fresh. He His feet just move faster than everyone's. If you think of him like, like pistons in an engine, and I'm no mechanic, but this is just something I've been told before, they just fire off the ground quicker than everyone else's. His feet touch the ground more in the same amount of yards than any other defender. Um, in multiple third and fourth down, got to have it situations in Cleveland during the joint practices when they weren't fighting each other, uh, Christian McCaffrey was the guy who would make the reception to continue the drive. Um, I hope anyone listening has picked Christian McCaffrey first overall or paid the $70 in fantasy auction money because he's well worth it and he's healthy. And until that changes, he's going to be putting up the numbers that he's always had. When you mentioned this offense, you know, DJ Moore has been an absolute model of consistency. He really is the number one. Then you look at last year, he had more receiving yards than all the other receivers combined in Carolina. Who, and I know Robbie Anderson's got a 1,000-yard season under his belt two years ago. Who else is going to step up? We know those two. You, you mentioned a slot receiver earlier. I'm curious, who are the other guys that are going to step up in this passing game beyond Moore, Anderson, and Christian McCaffrey? That's kind of a mystery here, which is the fun part of this, especially if you enjoy the receiver position and just offense in general, which is probably most people. Um, I'll go turbo fast here. they got a second-year receiver in Terrence Marshall who is – currently like fifth in the rotation but could pop at any moment they're just waiting for him to find his groove uh the slot receiver i was mentioning is shy smith he'll be out there in yep. 11 personnel and, and the browns will see a lot of him uh there they traded for lavisca chenault who has learned a lot in the eight days he's been here and that might even be generous um but you know it sounds like they've got some packages ready for him and then the name you all may be waiting for is richard higgins and the beauty of, of Hollywood is his situation right now is exactly how I remember it in Cleveland. He might not be active on Sunday, or he could catch the game-winning touchdown. I, that's just how <laughs> Hollywood is. And we all know what Baker and him have and what they're capable of, the rapport. It, it's still present. He caught one of the best balls in training camp, a 50-yard post that made a little stir because of what happened afterwards. Uh but this receiving core is – there's a lot of unknowns, but there's also a lot of potential. But all of that is going to fall on Baker Mayfield and then how Ben McAdoo calls this thing. 
Ellis, as we switch to the other side of the ball, uh, when Matt Rule was was hired there and given the big contract, and then if you look at their drafts early, it was defense, defense, defense. And I think probably in, in the view of some Panthers fans, maybe to a fault, they went all in on that side of the ball. Um, and, and I look at the defense now, and it, it does feel like, and obviously this is going to be a limited Browns team in terms of, of the way it's going to go about its business, probably be very familiar to the Browns teams you saw with Baker in terms of the approach. But the one thing they do have is battering Ram running backs. And I, I'm wondering what you think Carolina's plan will be to slow down that run game. Oh, that's a great question, right? We we asked Phil Snow that this morning, their, their defensive coordinator. Um, and, and you're talking about slowing down the Browns run game, right? Yeah, correct. Correct. So, yeah. Um, he's had a lot of coach speak, and a, he made a lot of really good coaching points. But a lot of it is the impossible, right? Be assignment sound every single play. Be aware of the Nick Chubb cutback and know that it takes multiple defenders to tackle him. Good luck, and that's just how this this works with Nick Chubb. You got to make sure the Browns are in third and long, so that Nick Chubb didn't have his way with you on first and second down, and then he didn't even have time to get into Kareem Hunt. He he said that the Browns have three of the most talented backs in the league. Forgive me, but I'm, I'm not even sure who that third back he's referring to. Is it Dearness? Dearness Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. And Jerome Ford's yeah. not bad either, by the way. Exactly. Exactly. So. And then, of course, he mentioned that the best offensive line coach in football and Bill Callahan, uh, the, the two guards in Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller. He, and he, he complimented the center in, in the sense that the guards are going to make sure he's doing okay. Um, he just was complimentary across the board, which makes me think that they probably have a plan, but you won't know until there's live bullets. Ellis, want to ask you about defensively real quickly, and then one question about the offense. Defensively, and they're both on the lines, you lose Hassan Reddick. He leads the team with 11 sacks. Yatur Gross Matos is expected to step up. Have you seen any indication that he can fill those shoes of Reddick and be that compliment to Brian Burns? Not yet, and if I'm going to be honest, I would keep an eye on a linebacker named Frankie Lubu. Uh, before yep. detour, and that is more in the sense that they're probably going to do this together, right? They're, you're not going to replace Hassan Reddick with just one cookie cutter player. That would be the the dream scenario, and perhaps it's possible. But they're going to give a slew of players a chance on that outside, depending on down and distance, depending on front. You, you guys know how this works. So Brian's the guy. He's got a simultaneously. They need to find another number two rusher while Brian Burns proves that he's a number one rusher. And I, and I don't mean any disrespect by that, but he'd be the first to say, you know, he's yet to even hit double-digit sacks. And I, I say to even, like, it's easy to do. But, you know, if you're if you're an elite guy, you're hitting 12, 13, 14. So, simultaneously, the Panthers' pass rush has a lot to prove, but everyone in the building is confident they will. All right, and then on the other side, one of the Achilles' heels for this team was that offensive line. They moved Brady Christensen, who played tackle last year and was a third-round pick, into left guard. You got uh, the centers. They brought in Bradley Bozeman, and I'm not sure about his injury status. If he's ready to go, signed former Brown Austin Corbett, and then they draft, obviously, uh, Ekam Iquano in the first round out of NC State. How do you see this line gelling, and also can it become you know, good enough for this offense? Uh, that's the goal, right? Like, in Madden, I'd be – comfortable being the Panthers and dropping back and doing what you want but when it happens that remains to be seen. Ikumi Kwanu has a, 
a huge welcome to the NFL moment in front of him. Uh, Miles Garrett on one side, Javion on the other. It, y'all can deploy him however you want. It, it's going to cause, it's going to disrupt football. That's that's the point. Uh, I think this team will successfully run the football. I would hold, I'm going to be holding my breath just from a observation standpoint whenever they drop back to pass because we all understand what Miles is capable of. And, and coming out, he was a A-plus rated run run blocker and a pass protector that needed work. He needs to be refined, and that takes time. He just doesn't have any more because it's week one and, and this is the reality of being in the league. Uh, Brady Christensen and left guard, they, they believe in him, but you know he played all over the place last year. Uh, and then Austin Corbett, you guys know exactly what he was. He remade himself in Los Angeles. Now let's see. So it makes sense on paper, but this is going to be the first true test, and it's, it's a heck of a one in, on Sunday. Ellis, great talking to you again, man. Thanks for your time today. Anytime. Let's have some fun on Sunday. Yeah, going to be fun. Ellis Williams of the Charlotte Observer uh, on the Panthers beat on uh, the hotline there. There's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milk Bone, who's the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. Coming up next, Alex Van Pelt and the matchup, our offense versus the Panthers' defense. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Land on Demand, remodeled by the Bath Authority, has been free for the entire month of August. If you like what you saw, read, and heard, it's time to subscribe for the season in thelandondemand.com. Watch your favorite shows and new HD quality video. Follow the season with Tony Grossi's columns, the Daily Grossi podcast, and the 100 Years Pod. Hear your favorite shows on demand without commercial interruptions. Go to thelandondemand.com and subscribe today. All right, let's hear from our offensive coordinator, Alex Van Pelt, at the podium. How much more confidence or just how much better have things been in this buildup? You know, when you don't know what to expect when you're getting ready, are you because you guys have to have confidence? Well, I think as a staff, we, we're definitely in, in tune with how we operate here, and that's been the easiest transition this, is knowing how each other works, knowing what to expect, knowing the rhythm and the cadence of a work week. Um, you know, that, that's been a good feeling to not have to ask, hey, what do we do on Thursdays? Hey, what's Wednesday look like? So we, we have a good feel for um, how we operate now in year three. About everything, what's at the top of your concern list this week? Well, when you have a lot of time to prepare, it's a lot of things, really, right? But uh, not really concerned, just excited, excited to play. I know we're prepared. We've worked hard to get ready for these guys. Uh, big challenge for us, uh, very good defense, do a lot of good things schematically. Um, there's a lot of defense on tape. They play a lot of different things. So just having to prepare for a lot of different scenarios um, obviously, I don't think we'll see everything they've done in, in last season, you know, in one game. But uh, when you have that extra time, it, it makes you, you know, uh, dig a little deeper in, in, in your preparation. But uh, really excited for the challenge. Um, you know, obviously have concerns, but, um, you know, like any coach, you're always going to be concerned. But uh, we feel good about where we are. We have a good feel for who these guys are on defense. Um, we got a lot of respect for them as well. Works. Um, which sounds a little weird when you might think it's going to be a run-oriented offense. But do you see that? But, well, I mean, how do you see that potential? And 
so far. Yeah, I feel good about it. I did uh, look at Amari's comments. I, I feel the same. We're, we're a good group on offense. I really like our men that, uh, that, are, that we have. They work hard. Uh, a bunch of smart guys, talented guys. Um, you know, it's hard to come out and predict where we'll be, but we feel pretty good about who we have in the room and where we're heading, what direction we're in. You know, we obviously established that we're a, a team that can run the football. Um, we, you know, we know that's something we can hang our hat on, and it all starts with the run game. About the passing game, but you guys have three, maybe four backs that can be explosive runners. Yeah, is, is that kind of part yeah, of it? That's fireworks to me, man. 20-yard-plus runs, I think we led the league in that. Those are pretty cool fireworks. It might be sparklers, but they're... They're still fireworks, you know, we'll take it. Alex, what have you guys seen from Ethan Kosick the last few weeks ever since Nick went down? Really just stepped in and, and uh, next man up mentality. Didn't really miss a beat. Really was impressed by him. Even back to that game where we lost Nick, he stepped right in. And the first thing I, you know, we said as a staff after the game was, wow, like Ethan stepped up and played. And we're re really excited about having him as a backup now as a starter. Yeah, Jack. Jack's. I mean, he looks good. He looks really good. Um, I know he's he's been here the whole time. He's grinded through the the rehab, and now he's back out on the field, looking good in practice, doing some good things. Had a really good practice yesterday. Not sure where that's going right now, but I know he's progressing uh, each week. Um, we'll see how it goes down to the end of the week, but uh, really happy and pleased with where he's at. Today, Alex, about Schwartz and fighting through the drops and everything. How is the coaching staff for you guys helping him still have that confidence he can kind of turn it around? Oh, we know he can. You know, even uh, in the last 10 days of practice, he's turned it around. Uh, he's not put a ball on the ground. He's caught the ball extremely well with confidence. And, you know, sometimes you go through little slumps in your in your career, and he's we got to find a way to get him out of it. And I think he's he's found a way to get himself out of it as well. James, add to your tight end room, and just where's he at as far as getting him up to speed to where he can go out Sunday? Sure. Uh, good thing about Jesse, he's played a lot of football um, in the league, made a lot of plays in the league, caught a lot of touchdowns. Um, so he's been productive. Um, the other thing is he's a smart guy. So as soon as he comes in, um, already you could tell he's going to be able to have a, you know, a feel for what we're trying to do. Uh, may not use him a ton, but uh, he'll definitely be available. And I feel good about him knowing what to do and how to do it. Yeah, the first thing I'd say about Dimitri is when we, we talk about him, you just say he's a football player. The guy can play, makes plays on the football. You know, he's got a good skill set uh, as a runner after the catch, as a returner, as a receiver. Um, there's a lot of things he does really well. Um, just finding ways to, you know, um, enhance his, his skill set and, and help him be productive. Um, really excited about where he's come, um, you know, from a late round draft pick into a guy that's going to potentially play a lot of snaps for us on offense and on special teams. But he's another guy that just comes in and puts the work in, uh, really very coachable and, and does tries to do everything we ask him to do. Woods had enough time to catch back up uh, to be able to be utilized possibly this weekend? I hope so. I like Mike. I think, um, you know, the hamstring hurt him um, as far as his development. Um, but he's a guy that, that uh, a big guy that, that creates separation at the top of the route and has really good hands. Um, hopefully we get him back and, you know, get him into the mix here and he can be productive for us. We have a good young receiver room, uh, you know, so hopefully he'll be able to come in and contribute. All right, there's AVP at the podium. Time for the matchup, the Browns offense versus this Panthers defense. And Dr. Z, there are some advantages. Now we have boards. Oh, baby. What a treat. All right, so let's just start with some of the facts. Last year, they were ninth in the NFL with 39 sacks. 
They were fourth against the pass, 192 a game. They were second in total defense, 305.9 a game. Rush defense, not as good. They were 18th. They gave up uh, 114 yards a game, 4.1 yards a carry, 24 points a game, 21st in the NFL. So how do you get there when you're not giving up yards? How do you give up a lot of these points? Because decent on third downs. They were the number nine third down defense. Well, go to the red zone. 35 touchdowns on 52 red zone trips last year, 30th in the NFL. 20 touchdowns on 24 goal-to-go opportunities, 83%, 30th in the NFL. So they were the worst in scoring situations. Gone from their 39 sacks a year ago, Hassan Reddick. He had 11 of them. We already heard Yitor Gross Matos not looking great from the Book of Ellis. Frankie Louvu, also a guy he last. He's got seven and a half sacks in his career. He only had one and a half last year, and he's 235 pounds. They put him out there on the edge. We are going to run the ball right down his little Levu throat. So this is a team that does have talent. Brian yeah. Burns, pro bowler last year, the lone pro bowler on the defense uh, from a year ago. He's got back-to-back seasons with nine sacks. You have Derek Brown, the three technique, first-round pick in 2020, seventh overall. He's had a great preseason, but really it has not materialized for him yet in the NFL and then they brought in Matt Ioannidis, who was last year, 21, in 2021, 16 games. He had two and a half sacks uh, with the Washington football team. Comes to this year to the Carolina Panthers. But if you go back, his best two years, 2018 and 19, he had 16 sacks combined in those two seasons as an interior disruptor. Big injury in 2020. Wasn't the same guy last year. Um, so we'll see there. That's kind of the guys of note up front. That's really it. There's nobody that had monster numbers, monster seasons. The, the most sacks from a backup was Marquise Haynes, a defensive end who had three a year ago. Gross Matos himself had three and a half. He was a second-round pick in 2020. Linebackers, they got two very good ones. Shaq Thompson, uh, last year he had 104 tackles, his third straight season of 100 or more tackles. He's the second-longest tenured Panther other than their long snapper, former first-round pick in 2015. They've got Damian Wilson, who they brought in from Jacksonville, who had a career year last year with the Jags, 108 tackles. Um, and so he was a guy who also was the starting Mike for Kansas City when they won the Super Bowl in mm -hmm. 19. So those will be your primary two linebackers. They brought in Corey Littleton, who's far from his uh, Pro Bowl days. But the strength is on the back end. You got J.C. Horn, who only played three games last year. Yep. But is a stud. Eighth overall pick in 2021. Broke his foot, but he can play outside. He can play inside. I'm curious to see if they have him follow Amari Cooper. You've got two very good safeties. Jeremy Chin, back-to-back -back seasons of over 100 tackles. Uh, was second in the defensive rookie of the year voting back in 2020. And then they brought in Xavier Woods, former Dallas Cowboy, former mm -hmm. Minnesota Viking, who had 108 tackles last year in a career-high three picks, 10 pass breakups. So those will be the safeties. Horns one corner. The other two, Dante Jackson, their second-round pick in 2018. And then C.J. Henderson, who was the ninth overall pick in 2020. Yeah, the Florida. Florida kid. By the Jags. They traded him to Carolina last year. And he struggled a little bit. Last year with Carolina, 76% completion allowed against them, 122 quarterback rating allowed when targeted. That's the guy that the Browns are going to go after. They're going to go after him. Dante Jackson you could go after a little bit as well, and he's not a great tackler in the run game. If they end up with Miles Hartsfield on the field, uh, he's their nickel and a safety type guy. He struggled last year too. So this was a pass defense that benefited from a lot from the pressure gener generated by Reddick and Burns. You lose Reddick. How does that impact this team? And one other thing to note really quickly is they blitzed 37% of the time, all downs, fourth most in the NFL, 
40% on first downs, 40% on third downs, both fourth most in the NFL as well. So they are going to try to manufacture pressure. If we can pick that up, there will be man-to-man opportunities for us to hit chunk plays. They play a lot of cover three, mm-hmm. and they let play a lot of man one. They don't play as much quarters as we do. We led the league in quarters so that you can hit big plays down the field on them. And I think the Browns are going to want to run the ball right at those defensive ends on the edges. Brian Burns is only 250 pounds. Lavu's 235. Grossomatos is 260. You can push them on the ends, and their corners are not great tacklers. Chin is a baller. You yes, got to watch is. out for Jeremy Chin. But I think this is we can take advantage of those linebackers in coverage. If we can isolate the right corners in coverage, I think we could do a lot of work there. And I think we should be able to run the ball, particularly on the edges against this team. So I'd look for outside zone, power, pulling the backside guard, pulling the center out onto the edge, and maybe even getting the receivers in the jets and reverse motions, getting them on the edges as well. All right, great job out of you. We'll do the Browns defense versus the Panthers offense. You'll hear from Joe Woods coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Hey, it's Bo here for my friends at Renew Home Exteriors, offering high-performance products that are durable, long-lasting, cost- and energy-saving, and they'll transform the look and efficiency of your home. Don't go into winter with concerns about your roof. With Renew Home Exteriors, get a new roof installed in 7 to 10 days for no money down and payments as low as 96 bucks a month. Plus, receive free gutter guards with your roof purchase. Beautify your home with premium siding and roofing products at lower prices. With Renew Home Exteriors, visit RenewEstimate.com for more. You heard from Alex Van Pelt, our offensive coordinator. Now let's hear from our defensive coordinator, Joe Woods, from the podium. Um, what he did here versus uh, Carolina when you uh, you know, I feel like we've seen them. You know, this could be practice against them, you know, with OTAs, training camp, um, during the season. So definitely feel familiar with what he's done when he was here, but really try to focus on what he's doing in Carolina because of the different scheme they're going to try to use with him. Jeffrey, where does he specifically stress the defense and what he does in their offense? Um, no, McCaffrey definitely stresses the defense everywhere. I don't care if he's running it. If he's getting out on passes, um, if they line him outside as a receiver, um, he's an elite athlete, uh, capable of doing anything. Excuse me, uh, power, quickness, speed, all of that. So, definitely going to have a plan for him. Panthers are starting a rookie left tackle, but you pretty much go into every game thinking that Miles is going to get double team, triple team, chipped, whatever else. And yeah. how does that? How do you adjust to that? Definitely, you have to have a, a rush plan. Um, He's always on the edge. They know where he's at. So we don't want to – we know he's good out on the edge. So you want him to be – do what he does well. But at the same time, you want to move him around, try to create matchups, try to make it hard on them to find him in terms of what they're trying to do with protections. Joe, when you, when you think about Baker, uh, is it possible that you can almost know too much about him and know him too well and, and overthink it? Uh, how are you approaching it from that standpoint? You know what? That's – we – the whole week when I talked to the defense, I know that we all know Baker. He was here for a long time, but we really treat him like any other quarterback, you know, week to week. Um, we weren't talking about him any different way, you know, making it more than it is because they have, you know, different players. You know, they have good receivers. They have um, good running back, you know, so they're talented. So we have to worry about trying to stop everything they do, and he's just a part of it. So then does he – you said, you know, 
does he look different to you uh, in Carolina than, than what you know of him from here? No, not really from, from my eyes. You know, and I'm not out there studying quarterbacks in practice, you know, kind of worried about the defense, trying to make adjustments. But just from general knowledge, he looks like the same guy. Um, we know he has the arm strength. He can make all the throws. Um, we know he has escapability in the pocket. You know, you've seen that in the preseason. And we know that he can read defenses. So those are things that we're familiar with, with him being here. And those are things that have showed up uh, with him in the preseason. Anthony Walker's name is starter. And Kevin said, Jacob's still going to play a bunch. So how do you go about figuring out how you're going to rotate those guys? That's what we've always done. You know, for our three years here, we've always rotated, you know, at different positions, obviously D-line, but at linebacker, that's what we've done. So we feel comfortable with that. And really, you know, you say 11 starters, but I feel like we have more than that. If you're out on the field, you're good enough to be a starter for us. Which year? Certain packages for each guy, or is it just like series to series? It's a little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit of both with multiple linebackers. Wrinkles into the defense this year that you couldn't last year because you had so many new guys and injured guys. Will we see a different brand of Joe Woods defense this year? For sure, for sure. And that was the positive. This we had more guys coming back. You know, our whole back seven, we had some, our whole our linebacker crew, um, and then the defensive ends, a couple tackles. So for the first time, I felt like there was a lot of continuity in terms of guys coming back. So they have more understanding of the system, which is going to allow us to add more. We don't want to do too much, but I think there's more things that we can do this year for, for sure. Joe Woods, you know, it's funny. There's so much talk about Baker. Well, let's remember Joe Woods has a pretty good scouting report of Baker from Yep. The last two years, yep. and you've got a defense that's probably pretty hungry too. I think this defense, just big picture, buddy, before we get into the breakdown, it feels like this defense is well aware of what's going to be asked of it at the first 11 games and is up for it. feels like they're feeding off of it. Yeah, and I think they are up for it. I think they believe in their ability to deliver on on what will be asked of them as an elite defense here for the Cleveland Browns in 2022 and help kind of carry this team through the Jacoby Brissett era until Deshaun Watson makes his return. So here's what you need to know about the Carolina Panthers on offense. Ben McAdoo has taken over as the offensive coordinator. Now in the past, and this is what he showed in the preseason as well, the passing game is pretty much straight dropbacks and quick game. Not a lot of play action, as you would see in other systems. Uh, and he typically does not chip for his tackles. That is not something that was a staple of what he's done. Now, will he change that when you're starting Ekem Ikwanu in his first ever game against Miles Garrett and Clowney? Yeah, maybe. I he will so. change that. I think you would. All right. So throw everything out. They were dreadful last year. Bottom three offense in the NFL. You know, you only had McCaffrey for seven games. You did not have good quarterback play, Sam Darnold. They obviously hope that an unleashed Baker Mayfield will be an improvement upon Sam Darnold right there. Um, so Baker, last year, 60.5% completions, 3,010 yards, 17 touchdowns, 13 picks, 83 rating. His best year was 2020, 63% completions, 3,563 yards, 26 touchdowns, 8 picks, and a 96 quarterback rating. 29-30 and 30 is a starter, and the picks – well, 56 of them since he's come to the league, most of any quarterback since 2018. And it's kind of linked to how well he performs. In his 29 wins, 52 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 30 losses, 41 interceptions, 40 touchdowns. Yeah. When he's good, he is very good. When he is not, that's when you prey on him. And for the Browns, the way to prey on him is to get him under pressure. And so last year, 
under pressure. And really for his career, he's been at the bottom of the league under pressure. 41% completions. Now, 29% of the pressures generated against him last year resulted in sacks. The league average is around like 13%. Mm -hmm. He was That was the highest in the NFL. 29% of pressures becoming sacks. That was behind our line. Now, Pro Football Focus will break out for you who's responsible for sacks. Baker was personally responsible for pressure at the second highest rate of any quarterback last year. And even in 2020, he was great. He was personally responsible fourth most. So yeah. he is directly responsible for top five in terms of sacks. And now behind a bad line who will be responsible enough for their own right in some of those sacks. They've got a new starter at left tackle. They've got a new starter at left guard who was a tackle in college. Brady Christensen has only played one game at guard in the NFL, and he struggled mightily as a rookie. Uh, they'll either have Pat Elfline, the former Ohio State Buckeye, or Bradley Bozeman, who had been a four-year starter with the Baltimore Ravens at center. Corbett and then Taylor Moten, who's probably their best offensive line. Skill-wise, what do you need to worry about? Two names. Eh, mm. Three. Three. DJ Moore, the receiver, we talked about him. He's got 1,100 yards, three straight seasons receiving. Um, never been the Pro Bowl. Never more than four touchdowns in a season, though, which I find to be very interesting. They will move him in and out. He'll be all over the formation to try to get matchups. Robbie Anderson is the other receiver of note. 519 yards last year, only 9.8 yards per carry or per reception. I'm sorry, both career lows. And last year, Moore, as we've mentioned many times, had more receiving yards than the rest of the wide receivers on the roster combined now anderson went from 1096 yards in 2020 to 519 last year but he is a vertical threat he's got 10 touchdowns of more than 40 yards since he entered the league in 2016 that's second in the nfl since that period yeah. so you got to keep an eye on him other than that not a lot of guys that you know shy smith we heard he's got six catches for 104 yards a sixth round pick last year maybe he plays in the slot LaVisca Chenault, the former second-rounder of the Jags, back-to-back -back seasons over 600 yards, but they traded him for a can of beans. Mm -hmm. A sixth in 24 and a seventh in 23. Isn't that, all the that Jags. weird in Very odd. How they just dumped him? He's got back-to-back -back years of six, 600 yards receiving. I mean, like, it's, it's not weird. like he was. Yeah, and he was, a, he was a great player at Colorado. Great. Strange. Strange. He's somebody like that I think if the, if the Panthers want to help keep Christian McCaffrey fresh, you know, they brought in a power compliment to him and Deontay Foreman as a running back who's the 235 big guy out of Texas. Chenault's somebody that can they can line him up in the backfield and run a lot of the stuff they would have run for McCaffrey yeah. and keep McCaffrey a little bit fresher. Um, then the other guy is McCaffrey. That's really that's the offense right there, right? He's missed 23 of the last 33 games, but when he is healthy in 2018, 1,965 total yards and 13 touchdowns. 2019, where he was Pro Bowl and first team All-Pro, 2,392 yards and Jeez. 19 touchdowns from scrimmage. Both led the NFL. We said earlier he's worth 4 points, 40 yards of offense last year, and a guy who catches it over six a game for his career. 114 total yards and one touchdown per game, and he is the only player in NFL history to average more than 50 yards rushing and 50 yards receiving a game for their career. The only one. Stupefying. Yeah, that 113, by the way, everybody else who's ever averaged that after for total yards per game after five seasons is in the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. well, if he's on that trajectory, just got to stay, stay healthy, healthy, and he's missed much of the last two years. One thing to note, tight ends have often been a Browns Achilles heel. Nobody really of note here. Ian Thomas led the tight ends with 188 yards last year. Tommy Tremble, their third-round pick out of Notre Dame, he had 20 catches for 180 yards. So not really featured in the passing game. They do have Hollywood, we mentioned. Terrace Marshall, who's a guy that we both like coming out of LSU, yeah, sure. was banged up, but he's got size and speed. He's, but 
to really struggle last year. He averaged eight yards a catch, which is a stunning number for a guy with that, that size-speed combo. Not a great offense. DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, you neutralize them. feel like you're going to be just fine. You get pressure on Baker Mayfield. He will give you the football. We know that. That's what we've got to do. But he can still rip it. He can rip it. He can still rip it. Yeah. He can make a lot if, of throws. If he gets on a hot streak, it, you can ride it. We've yep. seen it, certainly. All right, coming up next, we'll do a little fantasy football for you at the bottom of the hour, our NFL season predictions. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns players, watch game film to prepare. Finding your dream home is no different. And Cross Country Mortgage is the partner that's prepped to put you in position to win. Reach out to them today at ccm.com. Equal housing opportunity, NMLS 3029 on that. Fantasy football starts tonight, as big football starts tonight. Uh, you have some stardom and sit-ems, I understand, uh, Mr. Zagur, as we as we kick off this uh, little fun. You're up. Yeah. No, you're not. That's right. Now you are. Yep. That's right, baby. Fantasy football season is here. So who do we want to take a look at here in week number one? And let's just start with all of our Browns fans out there. Who are we looking for from the Browns in week one? Who can you get in your lineup? I'll give you three, maybe four in a flex capacity with Kareem Hunt. But definitely start Nick Chubb. Definitely start Amari Cooper. I think we have a lot of things cooked up for Mr. Cooper, and I think he is going to have a. I think he's going to have a nice season. I think he's actually going to be a better fantasy wide receiver than a lot of people. He's think. going well down. Yeah, you can get him a as a fourth people. receiver, yeah, and I a think a lot of people have him. That and way. I think at that point, I think he becomes a very, very good quarterback for you. I mean, I'm sorry, wide receiver for your teams because you're drafting him at a point where there's really no risk with where you drafted him, and then he gives you the upside to be a very productive player for you as well in this offense where he is the clear number one most – will be the number one most targeted wide receiver. So that's that's where I'm at right now. That's what I think about from the Browns' standpoint. Let's go into some other guys that I like at various positions this week, and we will start at the quarterback position. And I think, look, you should have a great quarterback in fantasy football this year. There are a ton of them. I am going to start basically everybody you drafted to be your starter. And that's this is a position where you say, okay, yeah, but that's who should be starting for you. If you got Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Jackson, Murray, yeah. Hurts, Brady, Burrow, Rodgers, Stafford, Russ, Trey Lance. You know, I like Dak. I like Derek Carr. I like Kirk Cousins. That's about probably where I'd cut the list off in things, terms of things that I'm comfortable with. But that's where you are at the quarterback yeah. position. Running back, the most important position in all of fantasy football. Who are we liking this week? Well, you know who you're definitely starting. We know those guys. But guys that I also like, James Conner against the Kansas City Chiefs out of Arizona last year. All those touchdowns. Gone is Chase Edmonds. He's the main man there. Can he stay healthy? That's the question. More flyers. Elijah Mitchell against Chicago. I think that the Niners route them. Ramonde Stevenson is becoming a name to keep an eye on out of New England. We'll see what his role is in the passing game there. Um, and then I also do like I like Travis Etienne. I think that he's going to have a nice year. I think Clyde Edwards-Elair is also significantly undervalued right now. Uh, Damian Pierce as well getting the start for Houston. But how much will he get? I have a feeling that the Indianapolis Colts are going to put a hurtin' on the Houston Texans. So let's go to wide receivers. 
And then, again, you know who your studs are. Guys kind of in the middle. Love Hollywood Brown against Kansas City with Kyler Murray now. Uh, big, big Amon Ross St. Brown guy. Gabe Davis tonight. I love that guy. I think he's going to have a very nice year. Darnell Mooney. Great value there is the number one target for the Chicago Bears. Uh, again, I said I've already, on the record, liking Amari Cooper as well. And then if Alan Lazard, whenever he's healthy, I think he's going to end up having a very nice year in Green Bay. Somebody just keep an eye on stash. And if Michael Gallup's on the waiver wire in your leagues right now, go pick him up. Go pick him up and just stash him. Looks like he's going to be ready to go in week number one. To no surprise for you, S wanted me to draft like Chris Olave like as early as the third round. In the, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, let's just, S, let's relax here. we got a good football team. Yeah. Let's not get crazy. they got a lot of weapons down there to throw to as well. So and they're not, I don't know how much they're going to throw the ball. Yeah, no, probably not. Real quickly, tight ends. Speaking of weapons, I like Cole Komet. I think Cole Komet has a chance to have a very, very nice season uh, for the Chicago Bears. Still looking for his first ever touchdown. He's somebody that I like. Uh, I think the Chief is not a bad option for you this week as well for the Browns. Um, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, you know, those guys. But I think if you're looking for a guy to start this week, I like Cole Komet against the 49ers. I think he's a nice little play. Zach Ertz, if he's good to go for Arizona against Kansas City as well. And then kickers, Cade York, defense Browns. Yeah, I like I like both of those picks as well. Um, in worldly news here in, within the last hour, Queen Elizabeth II has died. Um, she died at Balmoral Castle uh, over there. Um, this It's an interesting thing. So Wild. Uh, yeah, 96 years of age. Uh, God rest the Queen as well. So th they lowered the flag at Buckingham Palace, and at the time that they did it, there was a rainbow that was captured that was right over it, and then it disappeared shortly thereafter. Wow. Um, so it is uh, the, the stuff that is coming out of Buckingham Palace, His Majesty the King. So King Charles is the head of the monarchy at this point. It is um, it will be this way for a very, very long time now. Queen Elizabeth was the longest running yep. monarch in the history of the British monarchy. And and the the other part of it now is Charles, William and William already has a son. So you're going to you could go three generations. You're going to go at least three generations without another queen. After yeah, a lot of kings. For, for all this run 14 u.s presidents she met with the only one she didn't was lbj wow that's it that's the that's list. incredible yeah she was that. named she became the queen they said before they had perfected color tv so that's oh, a long he, time ago for sure charles has yeah. been heir apparent since 52 yeah yeah not that's pedro wild. was born in 50. i enjoyed that show the, the crown it's a great show it was great yeah well yeah, they got really obviously good. they got some new material yeah i think they're gonna stop it though with the or weren't they stopping it with the Diana death? I think so. Yeah, I think they were shutting it down at that point. Yeah, Bring it on back. Uh, the By the way, weird seeing Damon Targaryen also be Prince Philip. Yeah. In the early years. Yeah. That's quite the juxtaposition. The Land on Demand remodeled by the Bath Authority has been free for the entire month of August. If you like what you saw, read, and heard, now it's time to subscribe for the season at landondemand.com. Watch your favorite shows on new HD quality video. Following the season with Tony Grossi's columns, the Daily Grossi podcast, the 100-year pod, hear from your favorite shows on demand without commercial interruptions. Go to thelandondemand.com and subscribe today. NFL season predictions coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
Well, there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. Season predictions, Gibbe. Hello, Gibbe. No pressure, but uh, we're going to write these down and save them. It's fine. I'd like we to. We normally do quite normally, well with this. Normally, we don't. Wait, are you on? Reported in our Excel spreadsheet. They're all there, yeah. I don't know. Don't have a light. Normally, we crush the guy, the teams who make the playoffs. Yes. Like, We've been yeah, pretty good at about that. it. I'm not worried about it. I feel like we you missed some a couple of the questions. back end last year. But. Well, I think we all had us to win the Super Bowl, so yeah. I think you know, that <laughs> didn't age there. well. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to um, – you have some interesting questions, like, like overhyped but doesn't make the playoffs – that's a tricky one for me. I'm, I'm looking at this. That, that's a bit of a the tricky team one. that doesn't live no, up know, to expectations. I know where you're at. I'm just trying to think about. So, so that you've, you've, I like what you've done here. I think this is interesting. All right, season prediction time, and we'll start with a couple easy ones. Maybe offensive player of the year, Bishop. I'm going to start with you today. Nicholas Jamal Chubb. Wow. Unleashed. 1927 yards, 21 touchdowns. My God, it's time. They'll be it building fantasy Give him 300, statues everywhere. 350 carries. Load him Live. Up. It's time. Ride I'd like the man. to see that. I don't think you're going to see that. Probably not. But sometimes you do have to say things you want to speak it into existence. I'd love to see 320 carries out of Nick Chubb. Okay. Run amok. Zagura. Though in in a, in a non, the other one I think for this because you're you're obviously going away from MVP. To me, Jonathan Taylor is going to have – he could be right at 2,000 again very easily. Justin Jefferson. I think he is going to, he's going to try to pull off a Cooper Cup and win the Triple Crown under Kevin O'Connell. I have Jamar Chase. Ooh, God, I hope not. Gross. He's got to play us twice, dude. I'm going to tell you the um, – so not, not only him, but like for the fantasy kids, talking to my people down there. I know most of you already drafted, but T. Higgins is going to have a year. I know. I'm big on T. Higgins. I got, Bigly. I've got a lot of stock. Yeah. That's fine. Bigly. A Bigly. few weeks out of the year, they can be okay. They just can't. They won't do it against us. It'll be fine. Yeah. We're fine. Yeah. I mean, in order to win that, you have to get, you know, you have to be, from a receiver standpoint, he'd have to cup it. Yeah. From a running back standpoint you it's got to be Jonathan Taylor Derrick Henry you know you got to be close to 2,000 and 20 yep. touchdowns is what it takes yep what are Nick's most carries in a season low like 200s come on low 200s he is the uh only running back in the history of the NFL though to average five yards a carry or more in each of his first four seasons the only other player to do that Panther legend Cam Newton of course he was a quarterback well, what is I'm, – I'm just – I wanted to pull up Jonathan Taylor. 298 quick. he had in 2019, and he mm. ran for 1494. Okay. Should have won the rushing title. And eight so, touchdowns he should have, yeah. So, you said 294? 298. 298. Okay. So, Taylor, Jonathan Taylor last year was 332. So, it's in play. I want to give you a stat that's going to blow your mind because last time I gave it to you, this blew your mind. In eight games last year – Oh, my God. This Eight. is crazy. Derrick Henry Derrick had Henry 219 line. carries, 937 yards, and 10 touchdowns rushing. He would finish the year ninth, I think, in the NFL in rushing, and he played eight 
games. Hey, you wonder why A.J. Brown's doing cartwheels? He would have been on pace for ball. like 450 carries. That's right. The year before, 378 carries, 2,027 yards, Jeez. 17 touchdowns. Jeez. Yeah. All right, guys. Up next in our uh, season predictions, defensive player of the year, and I got a feeling we're all going to be on the same page. Miles. Same. Same. He he's on a different, different level, I'm different, telling you. Different, yep. Even he, everything with him. He's just real comfortable on off the field, knows exactly who he is. I think he loves the challenge of it all, of, you know, the defense is going to have to be great. Um, yeah, I think he could get 20 sacks. I think it's in play. All right, Zagura, this one is for you. Uh, we'll start off with Coach of the Year. This is an interesting one. A lot of options. You got to so coach of the year. You you can't be somebody who is expected to be good. So you have to come a little bit off the pace in order to pull that off. So I I wrote down somebody. Do you have somebody? Nick Sirianni, <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles. I wrote it down. I mean, I wrote you these down. Yeah, I wrote these down before I even started. I no, it's I, because you 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 have to be somebody. The problem him is him or is, Staley. I had Staley as my other one. Brand Staley with the Chargers. You like him more than I do. I I think you have to be. You have to be a team that isn't being talked about, and then all of a sudden you are. The fancy second time in three years. Let's go. That'd be beautiful. But, uh, no, I think Sirianni has kind of everything. I think they're going to win that division, and um, I like the look of that team when they were here. They were awfully impressive off the bus. I don't oh. love Hurts, but with in that division, you might not need to be great. I'm going to go Josh McDaniels. Wow. I could see that, too. I could see them. I could see him having a big year. Just a uh, tough division, yeah. man. Up next. For some reason, when you said that, I thought you were talking about the guy in Denver. <laughs> because I thought because McDaniels was there before. I thought he was, for some reason, ahead of Denver. He's in. He's the Raiders. So I'm not quite as bullish on your pick, Gibbe. That's fine. I, I was thinking him or Peterson with Jacksonville. Yeah. Because I think <clears throat> Jacksonville can only go up. Uh, up next. Yeah, we'll throw it right out there. Big matzo ball right in the middle. MVP. Prediction. Bo Bishop. Patrick Mahomes. I think he balls out. I'm, I'm very bullish on the Chiefs this year. Um, I, I think you, I don't understand all of the hype that's gone to the Bills. I think he could be lights I out. I 100% agree with you. That was who my pick. Yeah, I, I just feel like – it's weird. I think he's going to be better without Hill. I think they have a ton of weapons. I love Sky Moore in that fit. I don't think he's going to be worried about trying to get it to Tyreek deep. I think he'll take easy stuff. You I think he'll be a high it. completion percentage. Andy Reid yeah. running the ship. Yeah. 5,200 yards, yeah. 48 touchdowns. Feels like it's in play. Zagura. Justin Herbert. Uh, you are just going to die on that hill with the Chargers, aren't you? I think he's really good. I mean, I've been – listen, I've had a front row seat to see a lot of quarterbacks play this game, and what Justin Herbert did in L.A. last year – with his size, with his athleticism, his cannon, it, it, the game he had against the Raiders at the end when he made every throw you had to make over and over and over again. Uh, I'm a big Justin Herbert guy. I think he is a mega star in the making. Also, Tom Modley's best scouting, the former Secretary of the Navy, best scouting ever, said trade the farm for Herbert prior to that draft. He did say that. He did love him. Yeah, loved him. I remember that. All right, guys, up next. Who's yours? Uh, I, I, had I had Mahomes. Yeah. Oh, both of you. Yeah. You guys are my homies. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, I just think that there's something. That offense, like, they see this as a challenge. And Andy Reid, 
I might do his finest coaching work yet mm. doing this. I like it. Uh, division winners time. Okay. Do you want to do that or do you want to do the uh, the other two first? Surprise team and then the one. Sure. That- Let's do uh, my surprise team, though, is not a team that I actually am predicting to go to the playoffs, but like they would be a surprise. Like that's who I think could be like the sleeper team. Is that fair? Or does that have to be somebody I put into the playoffs? No, I don't no. think so. I don't think yeah. it has to be defined that way. Okay. So oh. my my surprise will not be on there. This is a team that's better than you think. Yep. All right, go ahead. So my surprise? Mm-hmm. The Detroit Lions. I'm in, baby. Hard knocks. Let's go. I think they have a chance. Here's one thing that is really troubling about them. Their win total six and a half. Yeah. Which I'm with you. It feels like they're going to be over. I think they could finish second in that division. I think it's in play. 88% of the money is on the over. Mm. Highest in the league. Oh, baby. Not great. No. <laughs> Not okay. great. All right. Sad. <laughs> Not great. But maybe it happens. Maybe it does. It could. Who knows? Um, I think um, I got I got two for you, both in the AFC. Um I think it's funny listening to national people talk about us as if we're going to be one in seven in the first eight. Or, Sessler or, ranked percent number 32 this week on no, his I know. QB ranking. I, I'm seeing that. He's I, out. Come on. I mean, there's see, a lot of just hate. I get it. But, I I mean, I, I mean, even the Cuz had us winning one of our first eight, and I thought, jeez, Cuz, that's hard for me to believe. Nobody's giving. Eight. I like it. We're totally. I think we're going to be in the mix to be around 500, maybe a little better by the time Deshaun comes back. And then we're so in the mix. I, I think we have a chance to surprise. The other team that I think has a chance to surprise and be really frisky is Jacksonville. I like that. I like that. I think call. they could. I think they're going to finish second in the AFC South. Miss the, the playoffs, but second in the South. The more I read about them, the more I think they're going to be a factor. The Minnesota Vikings. We go back to the Norris. I've got them in the playoffs. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I've got the Vikings as my surprise. Okay. All right. Bust. Uh, yeah. One team overhyped doesn't make the playoffs. Tennessee. I think it's I think it's over. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have them in either this year. Feels like they've gone over. Um, overhyped bust. It does feel like it's possible it's over in Dallas. Dallas. Would that's be who I one. had. Yeah, that's my other one. I don't know that anybody thinks the Cowboys are going to you know, win everything or not, we'll see. And I'll give you one more. Just, just weird vibes. And I don't, I don't necessarily. I trust the people that are running it very well, but I do wonder about San Francisco with Lance. I'm just curious how that's going to be. They're so good everywhere else, but I just think there's more to keeping Garoppolo than just on the surface. You know, even Lance saying that it initially wasn't crazy about Garoppolo being back. Like they're just, I don't know. It's just weird. I think the way that they handled all that was very, very strange. I think they'll overcome it because they're expertly coached and their roster is really, really good. And I think they'll they, – I have them in the playoffs. But I don't know. I'm just kind of curious about that team. Okay. By the way, I, I'd also like to throw in Arizona as yeah. a team that could – They're terrible without Hopkins, and they're without Hopkins for a while. Yeah, they exactly. do have Hollywood Brown now, though. Yeah, that's true. Still, they have okay. all that talent. Well, I also Are like quarterback fantasy, and coach going to get along, yeah. or is coach going to get fired because quarterback throws another temper tantrum? Uh, all right. Coach's seat that's the hottest entering 2022. I think it's 
All right, so Mike McCarthy. That was my initial answer, but is it really? Like, is Jerry going to admit he's wrong? To me, he's the first fired, right? He's got a hot seat. I'll tell you another one, like playing back into your Cardinals, like Kingsbury. I know they just gave him money, but I don't know that Kyler's as crazy about him as everybody seems. It seems like they're a little contentious. I'll tell you, if it goes off the rails, and there's no such thing as a hot seat for this human, but like Belichick, like this has gone really bad. All indications are it's not going great. No. By the way, I'm going to throw them into my bust column since we're just adding a bunch of teams to our bust column. Patriots? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like they suck when you look at the paper. Yeah. It does. But, you know, know, he's Belichick. So so who's your hot seat? I'm going to go. I'll put Kyle back on again. Kyle's on the hot seat. You're always worried about the hot seat. NFC hey, championship game. NFC championship game. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the true hot seat is the guy we're playing Sunday, Matt Rule. That's yeah. the true hot seat. Um, McCarthy's very interesting. I just don't know if Jerry Olmitty's wrong two years in yeah. on such a big one. So I'll go Matt Rule. All right, give it. I'm, I'm going to say Cliff just because I hate Cliff. I don't hate. I just don't like him. He's a nice enough guy, I think. Yeah, All right. I just don't think he's qualified. Segura, what did you have? I had Mike McCarthy. I've got this all in the spreadsheet, Gibbe. Don't worry. All right, good. Uh, all right, up next, division winners. We'll start in the AFC East. Uh, Zagura? Buffalo. Same. All right, good. Buffalo, all three. Uh, the AFC South. Indianapolis Colts. Same. Uh, who are my other options? Tennessee, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Jacksonville and Houston. That's pretty awful. It is. Uh, yeah. Indy, all three. Okay. Uh, AFC West. Kansas City Chiefs. Same. There's no way we're getting all these right. I can't. This will go against everything no that I've been I saying. I wouldn't think so we'd get all these right. No. But it's, I don't know. Okay. Right. Who knows? Yeah, we'll go same. I can't believe you didn't die on the San Diego. Oh, don't worry. The right, Los we'll, Angeles. We'll, you'll get your You'll get there. there. <laughs> You're uh, getting, they're coming. NFC East. Are we doing our division or no? Philly. No, we do ours last. Philly. Philly. Yeah. Yeah? Yep. Okay. Uh, the North. Green Bay. Green Bay, but I don't feel great about it. I do. Yeah, Green Bay. I don't. Green Bay. Uh, South, NFC South. Tampa. Bucks, Bucks, Bucks. Tampa Bay. There's always one worst to first. Every year there's a worst to first divisional winner. Who's the worst to first? We don't have that here. No. The most logical worst to first is in our division, Baltimore. Baltimore. That's the easiest roadmap. But there's always one who is, and I don't. It's hard to find it this year. Baltimore's the only one that you could talk yourself into. What about the Chargers? I don't think they were worse. Denver were was. Denver. Denver was. Yeah, yeah. that's right. They just. Denver the would be a decent worst to first. Yeah, if you believe in that. Uh, NFC West kids. Niners. Of course. Ram it. Just ram it. Ram it. Agreed. Ram it. So we have one disagreement out of the, all of these division winners. It's I, I, There's just no way it's going to happen, but no. this is what we, we like. All right. 
Bengals. Bengals. Yep. The AFC North. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see. Do you want to do other playoff teams? Yeah. While and we're at wild it? cards, hey. NFC wild card, AFC wild card. I don't know. NFC wild cards. I got the Rams, the Saints, and the Vikings. I have the 49ers, the Saints, and the Vikings. Oh, wow. So we have the exact same. We both have playoffs. Dallas missing it. We have the exact same NFC playoffs. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Gibbe? I, I don't even know. I haven't even thought about that. Okay. All right. Uh, in the AFC, I have the three wild cards being the Chargers, the Broncos, and let's go, Brownies. Let's go, baby. Same. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Well, last <laughs> I did too. That's what I exactly. So no Vegas. no Vegas, no Vegas, no Vegas, no Ravens, no Steelers for the first time for in forever, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Wow. The Steelers even made the playoffs last year, right? That they was did. Like a it's funny dream. because they made the playoffs, and they're gonna, they are. I know people go at Trubisky. They are better at quarterback than they were last year. Yes, he was, so, and they still yeah. have a really good defense. But they have a weird. No, they, they have a bad <laughs> secondary. Bad secondary. They've got a great. They've got two great players up front. Yep. Their linebackers are okay. Their secondary is very average. Questionable. Their receivers are pretty good. Their offensive line sucks. They've got a great running great back, back, and that's who's it's a weird roster. Possible Liz Frank. Oh, does he have what? one of those? That's what. Yeah, it came out last week. Najee. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And he's been dealing with some it's a type weird, of. It's some type of Liz. When Frank. you look at their too deep, you go. What a strange construction this is. Truly. All right. Uh, AFC, NFC Championship game predictions. Go. I've got Chiefs over Bengals. I've got Packers over Bucks. Oh, in the games? Yeah. All right. So I'll do Chargers over Chiefs. And I'm going to do. You have the Packers going to the Super Bowl. Wow. I do. I'm going to go Niners. Over Philly, boy, that would be both of those would be beautiful uniform Super Bowls. Great, and then my who do you got, Gibby? AFC NFC Championship games. Oof. Who did you say you had again? I have Chiefs over Bengals, and I have Packers over Bucks. And I really, I, I think I think it's Buffalo over KC. All right, in the AFC in a rematch. I just want the AFC to be open. Yep. Uh, in the in the NFC, like everybody, the HB, like I want. Yeah, I don't have Buffalo there. I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna go LA Chargers over Buffalo, and then can Josh Allen win the big one? That's the I, question. I just the NFC. We talk about the AFC Tampa being up for boring. There's, there's the NFC boring. is Brady's just household issues. Right. Like they may rear their ugly head. I mean, he's Tom Brady, and it is not a good scene there. Rodgers doesn't have his weapons. That's why I picked Philly. Philly at least is interesting. I yeah, know. I don't know. All right, Super Bowl champs. What do you got? Chargers. Chiefs. Gibby? Chiefs and Chargers. Yep. Gibby, how did this sneak up on you? I've been busy. Like, I didn't even prep for it, though, but it's immediate, like, who's yeah. doing it? This. Right. This is you. Yep. I don't, I don't, I don't like anybody in the NFC. Can the AFC winner just so be just, crowned the champion? Yeah, so pick who you want to win. Pick the, pick the AFC, AFC team. I did. Buffalo. Kansas City. Oh, Kansas. You no, Kansas, I picked Buffalo. You have Buffalo yeah. beating Kansas City. I have Bills so Mafia. You have, you have the Bills winning the Super Bowl against two. He didn't have. An I NFC guess Tampa game. Bay by method of elimination. I'll tell you. You go through this exercise. 
and you do I mean you think of the NFC playoffs these are your quarterbacks in the NFC playoffs based we had the same eight teams Jalen Hurts okay Rodgers Cousins Brady at 45 with personal life tumult Jameis Stafford and Lance or Garoppolo yeah compared to Allen Burrow Mahomes Herbert Deshaun and Matt Ryan and and Russell Wilson Jeez. So I put Philly in my case. Yeah, dude, it's a murderer's row. That's what I mean. Like, crazy. How do, like, how do you – how am I picking out of this slot? I don't know. It's brutal. Uh, it's going to be crazy. The AFC is going to be nuts this year. So much more to come. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Tune in tonight at 7, the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Coach and Greg Newsom going to join Z and Gerard on the program tonight. And after that, we've got football. Bills at Ramit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's week one of the scores. Last year, just real quickly, combined 70 games over 500. You're welcome. Yay. Get like rich, kids. 100 Send straight kids winning season. School. 100 straight winning season. Can your, send your kids to school on us. You're welcome. The yep. title defense begins for the Los Angeles Rams, playing host to Buffalo and the Buffalo Bills. Bills Mafia coming to Los Angeles. Big game, 40 people on the pregame for NBC tonight. By the way, <laughs> sad. No Hoff, Irv, no Steve Hoff, Smith, no Irv. Colleen Wolf. That show was pure joys. The inside the NBA of the NFL. It really was. Now, and it yeah. stinks, and I hate it. It was. Uh, Super Bowl champions are really good in openers. They are. Under McVay, too. Well, he's undefeated in openers. And oh. Super Bowl champions like 14-3 and three the last 17 years uh, in this Thursday night window. Just ram it. Ram it. Same. Or is it? It is. It counts. It's on record. Hard to say. Could Hard be to say. Hard to say. The Lex- Hard to say. <laughs> I mean, who in their right mind is betting on the Bills on the road against the defending Super Bowl champion? Vegas. Vegas. Getting points. Vegas is right now. Who would do that? Crazy. The next level is next. We're back tomorrow. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.